we're starting to get away from Zoom, like even Zoom, like conferences and things of that nature. A lot of things have went back into into being in person. So continuously building those in-person relationships is going to be key. And those aren't going anywhere um, as I see it in 2024. But the key for you is to figure out... Welcome to the Career School Podcast. I am your host, Ebony Joyce. I help corporate professionals find and secure successful careers in record-breaking time using my proven framework. I'm on a mission to not only reduce burnout and overwhelm in the career search, but also in life. This is a school where you don't want to miss not one class. So be prepared to be schooled. Class is now in session. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 15. Happy New Year. This is our first episode of the new year of 2024. And I thought about what better way to start the new year than to discuss job predictions and career insight for 2024. So what's going to happen over the next 12 months? These are just a few things that I am predicting as a career expert, being someone who's in industry. I'm talking to my HR friends, talking to recruiters. I'm being on um, platforms like LinkedIn that we constantly are having conversations about things that are going on. Okay. I want to say that I hope it's been, what, two weeks since we talked, and I hope that your Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas was well, and I am wish, wishing you a very happy and very prosperous 2024. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is the thing, one of the things that we always hear a lot about, and that is money. So the first thing we're going to discuss as part of my predictions for 2024 is around money. So at the beginning of 2023, we saw a few states New York is one of those put in, I think New York, Colorado, and there were a few other ones put in a salary transparency law into place. What that meant was that employers had to list a salary range on their job descriptions so that employees and job seekers and candidates knew what the salary range was. So my prediction for 2024 is that we're going to see a few more states put this law into enforce this law going forward in 2024. So for you as a job seeker, this is going to be the thing for you that really helps you decide and determine if this is a position that you want to apply for based on knowing the numbers going in. I see salary transparency as a thing that is both good for employers and um, employees and candidates, because it really does help for me. I believe that it really does help the recruiter in the job searching process when it comes to getting a thousand applications because you don't have a salary range listed and or it it can also be a thing that gets you a hundred applicants because you don't have the salary listed. So I find that this is going to be helpful when it comes to And sometimes, again, it could be a double-edged sword. 
people will see salary ranges and decide to apply just because there is a $300,000 salary range, even though they may not be qualified. Sometimes we can see this have that effect, but I think that for the most part, this is going to be great for both the employer and it's going to be great for the candidate. And so for you, what should you expect? You should expect to see more states take on the idea of providing candidates and employees, job seekers with the salary range. And this is going to really help you um, determine, is this a job that I want to apply for or not? And then how to um, set up your negotiation strategies. So now when we talk about money, we talk about the labor market. So number two for me, as far as predictions are concerned, is the state of the labor market. The labor market has been very tricky this year. I think that initially we thought some things would happen that that didn't quite happen. I think we thought in 2023 that we would see a surge in September and October like we normally have in the past. And that surge did not happen um, as much as we would have liked for it to. So 2023 was a slow year. And I think that we can expect for 2024 at least in the beginning of Q1, to be slow. I think for 2023, a lot of those, a lot of the reasons why things were slow was because we thought that this looming and glooming recession would happen and it didn't. And so employers were very hesitant about hiring decisions and spending money on spending budgets on hiring. And But I think that, again, we'll start to see some of the freezes lift, that there have been some freezes in some industries and areas. We'll start to see that slowly lift as we come out of 20, uh, as we come out of the first quarter. But we also are seeing some growth. And so I don't want to overlook that. There is growth in markets such as industries, such as healthcare, the government and education. The government, uh, healthcare is, is going to continue to grow as we have an aging population and as healthcare services continue to rise, we're going to continue to see that that's been the case at least from 2021 um, to 2023. So still expect to see some increases there. Education, we know um, we're, we're not seeing as many folks go into these industries and pursue these careers as we once were. So that leaves a gap when people do leave uh, the industry And so people leaving the industry leaves a gap. And then there's also that increase as well for the market. So those are just three markets that you're going to see an increase in. But again, for the first quarter, expect for things to be slow. And so what does this mean for you? Don't wait to apply. Don't wait to Q2 to start applying. You do want to start applying in Q1. You want to do your due diligence in Q1 so that When we start to see things pick up in Q2, you're ready, whether it's that employers are just not hiring. It's not that employers are not hiring into Q1. It's just that they may be uh, a little slow in hiring. But again, you want to be early. You want to be an early adopter when it comes to being in the market, being one of the first to apply, start building those relationships with individuals and companies that you are interested in start to create your target list, start to network there. So there is work to be done for you in Q1. Don't wait until don't wait until Q2 to start to do that work. All right. So that is number two for my predictions. Number three is around 
remote work. So what is it? Early 2020, everyone went home. A lot of us went home because of COVID and did not go back into the office or even start to think about going into the office until 2023. But now some companies that had said, hey, we're going into this fully remote environment have retracted that statement. I'm not going to mention any. You probably already know who they are. And they have asked folks to come back to work, whether it be two days a week, three days a week, some maybe even asking for five days a week. I'm not really sure, but the average is two to three days a week. And this has been for, this is one is causing an uproar because people feel like they've been lied to, they've been betrayed. But why is the question? And I think the answers are widely spread, right? Some executives in the industry will say that they want employees back into the office because they want to create a more collaborative work environment. It creates more productivity. Those are, are two big ones, I think. But just think about it from a business perspective. There's still a real estate. You have real estate, right? And you can't, I know I've, I've worked for a company previously where they started to sell off real estate when this first happened. And so they got that off of their books. But for some companies who have built these huge campuses, like they still have bills and the, the, having those vacant spaces, they want those spaces to be utilized. So having people in the office taking up space when you still have the space and you you can't rent it out or you can't do some of those things to it, you like, hey, we're going to bring people back in so that we are utilizing the space. Um, maybe we want to create more of a collaborative environment. Uh, we want to create more of a productive environment. I don't think that you have to be in the office in order to be productive, but that's neither here nor there. Companies have stated their case and said that they want you back into the office. So what does this mean for you? Again, for those individuals and job seekers who want a remote only work, you're going to see those become less and less. We've already seen that. If you're on any job board, you've seen where at one point, maybe 30 to 40% of the jobs, even 50% of the jobs were remote. Now you're seeing that less than 10% or between that 10 or 12% of companies are still providing you with a, a remote environment. So what this does mean is that this is creating more of a competition for those folks who say, I only want to work remote. You're going to have more and more competition and the jobs that are only 100% remote are going to become few and far in between. So what I recommend is that if you do not have to be fully remote, is that you consider looking at organizations that are within your geographical footprint that are going into a hybrid situation. Because this is the thing, even though companies may say that they're hybrid, they may just want you to come into the office once a week for a meeting or once a month for a meeting. So I think that in order to lessen your competition, especially if you are unemployed and you're like, I only want to work remote, how long are you willing to wait until you find that 100% remote position if you are unemployed? So that is something to consider looking locally and consider looking for a hybrid position and then maybe going into a, a situation where you can negotiate a, a one day a week or a two day a week. So some of those things you are negotiable. But right now, a lot of companies are going back into the office and we're going to probably see more of that as the real estate market plays a huge impact in that. 
and all the surrounding restaurants and coffee shops and other things that really are impacted by people just working 100%. So some states, some cities, I know New York was saying, hey, they want people back into the office. So we'll see what happens there. But for you, figure out what you need and want for your personal and professional life when it comes to being 100% remote. The next thing is around wage growth. So earlier in 2021, maybe late 2020, we started to see that organizations and companies were paying a lot more for positions than they paid in like post COVID. And so salaries where there used to be 70 or 80,000 went from being 70 to 80 to being like a hundred and $120,000. So we're going to start to see that decline back again. I'm not saying that your salaries are going to decline. But we're not going to see those large pay scales anymore for some of those roles. So they're back in alignment to where they were post-COVID, or I'm sorry, pre-COVID. Now, you still may see there be a, a, a little growth there, but not much. And this is where for you, what does this mean? This means that you're going to have to be strong negotiators when it comes to those salaries, because no longer are we in a time where salaries good increase by 30 or 40% than where they normally were. So things are going to just be more back in line to where they were before um, versus seeing them in this place where we're seeing double digit um, increases. Not that you can't negotiate there. So let's just be clear. There's still the room for negotiation, but the across the board, we're not going to see where you're not going to see those huge salary. Um, you're not going to see those huge increases as far as the initial salary is concerned. So what does this mean? Be prepared to go in and talk about your value and talk about what you can bring and really speak to do your research and being able to speak to the salary that you find to be justifiable and what that really means. So that's going to be um, what you can expect when it comes to salary growth. A few more. One that I think is very important is the increase of AI. So artificial intelligence has been taking over the wave. Even in the career space, you're, we're seeing some more changes as chat GPT has come about. We're seeing a lot more automations. And so I think that earlier or late in 2023, I know folks felt like, hey, is chat GPT or is artificial intelligence going to take my job? And take over my job. And we're not there yet in a lot of cases, not many at all. Um, but there are going to be cases where we're now going to see this collaborative effort between what we're doing and, and AI. And so some of the things that maybe you're doing now, you can automate. So maybe there is an opportunity for for something that you may have been doing manually. Say there's a spreadsheet that's calculated you're using to create some data now that is something that is automated and you no longer have to spend your time being able to do that. And so what we're going to see is not the shift in AI taking over, but again, that more collaborative approach and it's going to really allow for us to spend time doing things that AI can't do, right? There are going to be hundreds of things that AI can't do. AI can't build relationships. And so that is very important. So as you think about going into the job market and when you go into conversations and when you answer interview questions, Really think about what are the skill, the key skill sets that you bring that AI just can't do. And like for me being in supply chain, one of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is negotiating contracts. And so while I can use AI to really create some of the data and some of the facts, 
that I can speak about, it still can't have that person to person interaction with the supplier for us to really go through that negotiations and really break down like the pricing and things of that nature. So those are going to be some things that AI can't do. Now, some of the things that AI can do is to help me read through contracts quickly and figure out what are some of the things that are non-negotiables for us and what are going to be some sticking points for us to talk through, what are going to be some of those red flags for us to talk to, what are some of the ways that, what are some of the things that are putting us at risk when it comes to signing um, other contracts. So this really can help me, for example, when it comes to contracts and salary and, and negotiations of contracts and redlining documents and so on and so forth. So it really can be a game changer there. I haven't seen that yet. Don't know anyone in the supply chain space that has seen that yet. But again, those are some examples. I, I know I talked to a few folks who are in manufacturing and they use drones to be able to take smaller packages across the, the warehouse so that they no longer have to walk um, the however many feet across the, the warehouse to drop off a package or drop off some material. They are using these AI stands to be able to take small packages over. And so th again, that's reducing that, that gap in that space where no one's available at that particular workstation. That's allowing them to do more of the, the heavy boxes and to bring AI and automation and robots, et cetera, in to do some of the, the smaller packages. Again, for you, this means being able to speak to and be able to articulate your value about, hey, AI is not going to be able to take my job because I create a value and a specific skill set that artificial intelligence and chat GPT cannot do. On that on the other hand, as I mentioned before, we're seeing this in the career space. Some job seekers, you'll see them using chat GPT to create a resume. And again, while chat GPT can be great for a resume, giving you a, a template, it's not really going to be able to add in those fine key points that you need to really sell yourself. So you still have to go back in and add those very specific things in that chat GPT doesn't know, right? It's not a human. It can't speak to those human elements. So you have to take that template that you're going to use if you're going to use chat GPT to do so and say, okay, now I need to go back in here and really add in my unique value propositions and some things that are very unique to what I've done. And so again, it's going to be a collaborative effort for you to go back into chat GPT and, and do make those updates to your resume. Again, I think with that being the case, when everyone's using chat GPT or some artificial intelligence to create resumes, to create a LinkedIn profile or to, to do interview preparation and whatever it is that you may be doing, you have to remember that if everyone's doing that, how are you going to set yourself apart? So you really have to still go back in and think about how you're going to be strategic when it comes to that process and utilizing artificial intelligence to set you apart. This is where you are still going to have to be there. You're still going to have to be present. So there is no way to get around that. What is the other thing that I think that I want to touch on? I think uh, that was my last prediction. I will say that out of all the things that we're going to see in 2024, my prediction is that human elements, personal relationships, networking, building genuine relationships are still going to be key as we move forward into 2024. 
we still long for and want human connection. We're starting to get away from Zoom, like even Zoom, like conferences and things of that nature. A lot of things have went back into into being in person. So continuously building those in-person relationships is going to be key. And those aren't going anywhere um, as I see it in 2024. But the key for you is to figure out how do you want to build those relationships? And with all the things that are going on, that is still going to be key. So even as we talk about declining markets, it's going to be key that you build relationships with people in the markets that you want to get into. I don't want to scare you all. Oh my God, this prediction report sounds doom and gloom. No, not by any means. There are still great opportunities and there still will be greater opportunities that will come arise and will come alive in 2024. I think that the first quarter is just going to be where things may be tricky, but the first quarter is going to be very key and very important for you to get out and meet people and build relationships and tell people what it is you're looking for and offer to help people and offer to assist, whether you're a job seeker or whether you're someone who you're in a company that's stable and there are positions available to be able to support those individuals who are seeking and build those genuine connections. This is not by any means a doom and gloom job prediction or workforce prediction for 2024. This is the prediction to say, hey, how does this really impact me? What do I wanna do for this year? I know some of you may say, hey, I'm gonna stay put, for 2024 because this this does not sound good. But at the end of the day, we just have to wait and see what's going to really happen. So this is something that I'm going to be keeping my eye on um, and my ears to the ground for the next 12 months, for the next 364 days of the year. And I'm excited to see what happens in 2024 as, as as job seekers start to get into the market as companies start to hire, as companies start to do layoffs again, like all of these things are going to happen in 2024. We just have to wait and see what's going to happen. But I don't want that to make for you to wait and see, right? There are going to be things that are going to happen real time. And this is not the time for you to say, hey, this is the year that I'm going to stay put. Um, You really do have to think about the environment that you're in. Is it an environment that is conducive to your lifestyle, is conducive to your values, and is somewhere that you want to stay um, for the year. Uh, But I think figuring out your strategy is going to be very important. Maybe you're deciding to stay put for 20 for the first quarter, but you want to start to see what is out there in in Q2. Don't wait. Do not wait. This is not the the year of waiting. Um, This is the year of strategy and being proactive um, in your career Maybe leaving your employer is not the thing that you want to do. Maybe it's going to be looking for an internal position. Um, I spoke about this and I'm going to speak about this. By the time you hear about this, it'll probably be on LinkedIn. But there are just a few things that you can change when it comes to your career. You can change companies. You can change job job titles and you can change industries, right? And the way you change each one of those is going to have a completely different strategy. But this is the time for you to think about, do you want to change companies or do you want to stay in the same company, but you want to go to, you want a different position, you want a higher title? Do you want to leave, but you want to, you want a higher title? So you're doing both. Or is it that you're doing all three? You're leaving, you want a a senior level director role, and you're going to be looking at moving from um, government to aerospace, right? So this is going to be the opportunity for you to first decide on what it is that you want to do. 
And if any of these things are things that you feel like, hey, I'm not really sure what I want to do, the predictions I need to get started, or I don't know where to go next, then this is the opportunity for you and I to just have a conversation about what it is that you want to do, what it is that you're doing now, what it is that you want to do. And then we can figure out a um, career path and develop a strategic strategy for you personally to figure out what are the next steps in your career as you go on to looking to advance both personally and professionally. So if you want to have that conversation with me, the link to do so will be down in the show notes if you're listening to this on podcast or will be down in the notes if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're watching it anywhere else, check the notes below, but you can always send me a message on Instagram or on LinkedIn and just tell me what's going on career-wise for you and some of the issues you're having. And let's just decide to hop on a call here over the next couple of weeks while things are still slow, as we're getting back into the routine, right? Some of you probably still haven't, aren't back at work yet. I know some of my friends don't go back work work till January 8th. And so I have availability for you this week and next week for us to hop on a call. All right. So I hope that 2024 brings you so much joy in not only your career, but in your life. I look forward to having so many conversations this year. We have 51 more podcast episodes to go for the year. 2023, we were figuring it out. And we're still figuring it out at the beginning of 24, but I'm excited to hear for you to hear me 51 more weeks in this year. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to having more conversations and this is going to be the year where things take off for your career. And I am happy to be a part of that journey with you. So we have a few interview episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for those. And I will talk to you next week. Have a great and wonderful and safe week. Until then, bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Like what you heard so far and want to take this work deeper than the podcast and work with me privately one-on-one? Then book a free sales call by clicking the link in the show notes below. Or you can visit www.nextlevelcareer.com dot co backslash coaching. If you've enjoyed your listening experience, share this episode, then leave a rating and a review. Until next time.